There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Man, 2017, what a year. What a year. You know what I mean? We lost so many, we gained so many. We lost Tom Petty. <laughs> Don't you fucking even bring it up. I did I bring it up. still haven't dealt with it. I, have, I barely dealt with it. Sad. I never got to see him in concert. He had just performed in LA and I missed him. And so now I'm seeing everybody before they die. And I assume if I choose to see you live in concert, you will die very soon after. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. Willie Nelson is still alive. <laughs> did you see what? Have you seen Willie Nelson yet? No. Oh, he's fantastic. Oh. You have not much time, my friend. I'm going to put a little piece of glass under his nose to make sure he's still breathing. That's what the mob did to make sure they were dead. All right. This is the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. I'm staring at the final Marcus Parks, the final face of 2017. <sighs> Honestly, dog meat, you kind of have an Anne Hayes thing going. Oh, I remember when she was famous. Oh, thank you very much. That's what happens. It's my hat hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hong Kong yeah. Henry Zabrowski. It looks like you're you're moving very fast. Me, I'm just here. I'm living easy. I got my pink shorts on. It's 82 degrees oh. outside. I went to the Gelson's this morning, and you know who I saw? Who? The dude from She Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, my. <laughs> so I'm saying I'm going. 2017 is is behind me. Uh -huh. 2018 is ahead of me. I took my last shit of the, of the day. I'm hoping. Good job. Congratulations. I got it out. It was black from Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Good. I hope. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to flush this crap year right down the toilet and look forward to 2018. We look forward to spending it with you. Let's get on to Pee Wee Gaskins part four. Four episodes for this guy who is, what, five foot three? It's <laughs> a lot of episode per size. We did an extra long series for a tiny, tiny man. <laughs> so about two months after the murder of Silas Yates, Pee Wee got a call from Diane Neely, the woman who'd helped him lure Yates out of the house. Mm. Seemed she'd let her new boyfriend in on the secret that she had participated in this murder for hire thing, and the two of them figured they could make a little more cash by blackmailing Pee Wee. When do you bring that up in a relationship that you're that you're complicit in a murder? Three years in. Oh, okay. I would say it's once you've told all the boring stories again and again and again. You guys went over the movies you haven't seen yet, and you go, "Oh, we should check that out." Yeah. Like, and you know, it's like, "Oh, we should watch it together." I haven't rewatched that in a long time. Once you get to that phase, the next thing is to spice it up. You say, "You know, I once helped murder a guy." <laughs> what? That's the most interesting thing you've said in eighteen months. There it is, rekindled love. <laughs> So the two of them demanded $5,000 in exchange for their silence, although it seems like they forgot that one of them was directly complicit in the murder. Mm. Yes. Yes, he's surrounded by Lenny's. <laughs> no, where is the, where's, who's the other guy? It's Lenny and... Candy. Candy? Yeah, Candy, the old man. You're talking about of mice and men, right? Yeah, his name was Candy. Yeah, his name was the Candy. The old man is Candy. Yeah, his name How was Candy. How is Lenny the idiot? <laughs> they named this guy after a sweet, uh, delicious treat. All I'm saying is that Pee Wee learned nothing from the wise men. Uh, he does not know how to put together a crew. It reminds me of the movie Trapped in Paradise with Nicolas Cage and I believe John Lovitz and no Dana Carvey, where they are. Uh, you think they're, they're trapped in a small lake town? They try to rob a bank, but they end up getting snowed 
snowed in. And so they're stuck with all of the very, very nice townsfolk that they are forced to fall in love with. There it is. And that's a new episode, a new show here on the Last Podcast Network. Henry explains bullshit movies that no one wants to hear about. Trapped in paradise. Uh, Pee-wee, after the two of them got a hold of him and told him all about the blackmail thing, mm. he acted like he was going to go along with the whole deal and told them that he'd hit a bunch of money out in the woods up near Prospect. Only catch was that they'd have to come with him to get it. Mm. And little did they know that the meeting spot was none other than Pee-wee's rapidly expanding graveyard where two of them would soon meet their doom. Is this how people invest in South Carolina? Just bury (laughs) money in the woods? I think technically if you bury a body in a piece of land, you then own the land. Oh! (laughs) It wouldn't even bury it. He said, I got it in an old hollow out in a tree in the swamp. Never, ever go to the location of your blackmail money. No. (laughs) The blackmail money should come to you in a place that you choose. Now, who knows why, but on this one, Pee-wee got an alibi for himself. That night, he went to Sam's Club and made his presence known for many hours, <laughs> again, making sure everyone knew he was there all night. Hey, y'all, I'm here, I'm here. Now, can we flip some of these mattresses? I want to see if it's as springy on this side as it is on the other side. Also, I need a 12-foot trampoline. I need five gallons of peanut butter. No damn peanuts in it. I want it smooth. Like Duke coming out of my dough. Uh, I'm here. It's a bar, Pee-wee. We got Bud Light and Budweiser. So around 11 o'clock when things got real busy, Pee-wee slipped out. So he, Neely, and Howard met at an intersection and Pee-wee led him out to the woods saying he'd hit his money in a hollow tree. (laughs) Like a fucking Keebler elf? What is going on with this guy? He's small. Uh, That's where you hide things. He and Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions like, that's my trick. When they got there, though, they found only the grave that Pee-wee had dug earlier that day. And before Howard and Neely knew what was happening, Pee-wee shot them both in the back of the head, rolled them over into the grave, and buried them one atop the other. And again, this points towards, I think, a lot of his stories are horseshit. Mm -hmm. When he had to murder him, he did it real quick. He went pop, pop. He buried them on top of each other, which is the most romantic way to be buried. Bunk mates. I'm going to put that in my will for me and Natalie. We are put a genital to genital or in a 69 position, which I think is the idea of being like forever fucking in peace is what our tombstone will say. That'll be classy. And if it's ever excavated by uh, by futurists, you'll be like either they were the king and queen of America or homeless. <laughs> but, it's true, but, you know, like he, he does things out of convenience and for money. Right. So and. And in, in, in the dumbest way possible. Now, as far as we know, Pee Wee was quiet during the summer of 1975, but only if you discount the possibility of one coastal murder on the 10th of each month when the bothersomeness hit him. Mm. Can I actually equate something to this? I actually don't know. When was the gas crisis? In America. Oh, it was in the 70s, 77, 78. Yeah, late 70s. But it was late 70s, it late wasn't 75, because the first thing I think of was just because gas was too expensive. So we stopped murdering. <laughs> How many yeah. lives were saved because of the gas crisis? That's a good angle. If Jimmy Carter should have played that up. You know <laughs> no, those no, no. truckers out there murdering people on the coast? They don't got the gas to kill anymore. They can't get to the murders, which is why I built solar panels on the White House, so that the sun comes to me. I don't need to go looking for it. Simple peanut farmer. <laughs> that's, that's me. Very good. Have you ever heard Jimmy Carter talk? That was similar <laughs> to it. That was good. 
My name's Jimmy Carter, <laughs> and I know one thing about being president is that, ooh, it's hard, and you only get one turn. <laughs> I know that now. I think you're, The good ones, that is. Yeah, you could get two turns, you know. You could get- Oh, I'm no greedy, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> Best ex-president of all time. Now, I don't know if it was a private joke or something that Pee Wee came up with for Final Truth, but he said when he got that monthly bothersomeness feeling, he called it his PMS, uh-huh. which in Pee Wee's world stood for his pre-murdering signals. I'll tell you what, it probably stands for the same thing uh, in our language. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Come on, guys. Here's your sign. You might be a redneck. <laughs> Come on, guys. Cut right. it out. Hell yeah. Wow. 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 But in September of that year, Pee-wee would go on the serious murder spree that would eventually get him caught. That one started with his neighbor, 13-year-old Kim Galkins. So Kim Galkins was a friend of Pee-wee's daughter who swung by his house in Sumter every once in a while. And once again, Pee-wee said he couldn't help himself. He just hit on her at first, but when she told him no, he said he abducted, raped, and tortured her before killing her. He then buried her right across from Silas Yates near Roper's Crossroads, not too far from his trailer, before leaving Sumter for Savannah until the heat died down a little, just like the last time he'd killed a teenage girl. But the difference between Kim and the other girls was that people actually gave a shit about Kim Galkins. Mm. Besides her father, her teacher also noticed she'd gone missing and knew that Kim wasn't the type of girl to just run out. So together, the two pressured police enough where they finally took a closer look at this guy who seemed to have a knack for being around when teenage girls went missing in Florence County. Who also drove a hearse publicly, and I can't imagine very well ran a car stripping industry. Right. Like he, I mean, he was an obvious criminal right. that they just let go because he was tiny and cute. <laughs> That's the strangest thing about it. They had to be pressured to, uh, to investigate this guy. Again, always pull over the guy with the hearse. <laughs> they had to, they actually had to, pre- it took two different people, Jeez. both the father and the teacher to pressure these guys and to finally look at, it's like, well, who was the last person that uh, he was seen, uh, that she was seen with? It's like, oh, this guy, Pee Wee Gaskins. Oh, what about Pee Wee? He's like, ah, you know, Teenage girls tend to go missing around him every once in a while, but oh, he's just talk. He just talks up a big game. Well, I'll just say that my mouth thing about Pee Wee, the reason why the girls disappear is because his lovemaking is so superior <laughs> that they need to leave town. Ain't no reason to be with another man after you get yourself a taste of old Pee Wee. At least that's what I think as chief of police. <laughs> well, you seem totally inept, officer. Oh, well, why are you? saying it's because of my accent. (laughs) Well, ain't nothing wrong with my accent or proving me being smart or unsmart. (laughs) It's really the words you're saying, not so much how you're saying it. The content. Being racist. Pee-wee's the best lobo that I've ever seen. And I've looked through a window watching him hustle on top of a woman like a chihuahua getting his dick stuck in a watermelon. Well, maybe you should have intervened at that point and done your job. Well, no, it's Pee-wee being Pee-wee. I know, but it's illegal. (laughs) But Pee-wee still had two more murders to go as a free man. Remember, like Henry said, Pee-wee was still running his car theft during this whole time. Mm. And when a couple of his employees heard things were turning south for Pee-wee, they figured they'd take advantage. 
Dennis Bellamy and his 14-year-old half-brother, Johnny Knight, robbed Pee-wee blind of tools, parts, and already stripped cars. And when Pee-wee went to check on his garage in Charleston and found it cleaned out, he had a pretty good idea that Bellamy was behind it. Hmm. That's when Pee-wee called up his friend, Walter Neely. Pee-wee said this about Walter. I wish to hell I could tell the final truth without so much as saying his name, but that's impossible. He became the majorest part of my story before it ended. And that is the final truth. Now, what part of the story did he become? Was it a small part or? The majorest. The majorest. The, big, the big autonomous. He was absolutely terrifically the big part of my story. Oh, wow. And I knew it was when I met him. And yes, he was retarded. Right. And that is, But that is more of a clinical, I, I, it's a, not a judgment. It's a clinical assessment of his abilities as a man. And that's the final truth, unfortunately. All right. Yeah, clinically, actually, they did do an IQ test on Walter Neely. And uh-huh. he was mentally challenged. Oh. Okay. Uh, however, very violent criminal at the same time. Handy capable. <laughs> My cousins who were mentally handicapped were very strong. That's what I always say. Absolutely. See, Neely was one of Pee-wee's associates from state prison. And by associate, I mean Pee-wee was Neely's power man. Oh. Jesus. Can you imagine this? You got to be the, the your Pee-wee's guy. All of these things are all of their own sad, tiny version of the movie Driver. Oh. Was it dry, or Drive? Drive. With Ryan Gosling. Yes. Like these two little stupid idiots stealing parts from Pee-wee. Pee-wee's technically the big bad guy. He's the Ving Rames of the scenario. Huh. Well, Walter and Pee-wee's power man relationship extended beyond prison with Neely doing pretty much whatever Pee-wee told him to do. So Pee-wee had control in, in the jail. And, yeah, Pee-wee. He was, getting ple- he was getting pleasured by this man. Oh, absolutely. No, oh. what we were talking about, like, all of the stuff that Pee-wee was talking about, him being in prison, being a power man, right. being influ- influential, that was all true. Okay. Like, that was- Yeah, like, that's all true. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and the murders of the girls and the murders of his business partners are all true, too. Yeah. It's just everything else is obviously garbage. Hmm. But he was- forcing this man to give him blowjobs and then after they got out of jail together he went to work for him <laughs> that is wild stuff different times i guess locker room talk um perhaps and to top all that off diane neely whom peewee had just killed for trying to blackmail him was walter neely's ex-wife hmm. but at that point walter didn't know that Pee Wee had killed her. I think we need Judge Wapner on this. This is a family, this is a uh, people's court matter, it seems like to me. So Neely told Pee Wee, yeah, he'd seen the Bellamy brothers driving around town in one of Pee Wee's stolen cars, and most likely they'd taken everything else too. So Pee Wee once again used honey instead of vinegar Ooh. to catch his flies. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just slathered himself with honey. Yeah. Covered in flies. Mm. And that was that was Pee Wee's biggest tactic. If you'll notice that he would draw people into a false sense of security. He'd tell them, nope, everything's okay. Everything's right. fine. And then when they weren't looking, he'd shoot them. Right. Um, it's very, I feel like it's, we're looking at another habit that he picked up from the wise men. It's a very mob thing. Right. They do the thing where being like, hey, Tony, it's a big party for your birthday. <laughs> you got to meet us at JFK. I'll buy where the luggage goes. <laughs> um, I don't uh, I don't understand. It's like you guys never threw a birthday party for me before. I was just recently in trouble with you guys talking to the police. So it seems weird. Also, we live in Brooklyn. 
Why are we driving 45 minutes to go out to JFK? It's a big party. Oh, you know how you love the planes. We all know you love planes. Oh, Henry just captures both kind of Italian so well. So Pee-wee told Neely to tell the boys that he wasn't mad at all, and in fact, he wanted to reward them for securing all of Pee-wee's stuff before the cops came to take it themselves. Remember, Pee-wee was in a little bit of trouble. Mm. All they had to do was come meet Pee-wee and Walter. Okay. So Never go to the location. Always have them meet you. Go to a Starbucks. Yep. <laughs> this is a, I'm just saying, if you're committing crimes, go to use a Starbucks as the meetup spot. Yeah, absolutely. So Johnny and Dennis met Pee-wee and Walter out at Pee-wee's house, and after some pleasantries, Pee-wee asked Dennis if he wanted to go with him and Walter to take a drive to see a possible location for a new garage. Oh. Oh, sure. Yeah, and Isn't they left Johnny fun? back at the house eating sandwiches. Oh, naturally. Yeah, yeah they gave him a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> These are not good employees. No. But little did Dennis know, that location was once again Pee-wee's private graveyard. Oh, my God. Hmm. At some point, do you think he realized where he was? He's like, Pee-wee, did you, did you bring me to your private graveyard? I uh, I knew. Look over there. Uh, yeah. Play it, play it, play it. That's exactly what he did when they got there. Pee-wee, he shined his flashlight into the darkness and told Dennis to look real hard for a building off into the distance. What is he, the dog what from up? What am I looking for, Pee-wee? What am I looking for out there? And while Dennis squinted, Pee-wee shot him in the back of the head, Lenny style. Oh, man. This is honestly... You just—it's not a good—it's not a good criminals that you find. These are not good men. If you could do the, hey, look over there, <laughs> and shoot them in the back of the head, right? This isn't the 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 machine gun Kelly gang here. Right. This isn't the you know like this is rough. It was gonna happen. You get the feeling this guy was gonna get shot at some point. <laughs> Yeah, Pee-wee and Walter then went back to the house and picked up Johnny, telling him Dennis thought the building was so awesome that he decided to say, stay behind. He's just, what's he going to do with the building? How awesome does the building have to be for you to just be like, I'm just going to stay here, guys? Well, it's like, you know, when we went to, we had that, we had a meeting over in YouTube, and, and the YouTube building is like that, where it has all, like, the spinny chairs that look like the spindles oh, that yeah. you keep yarn on and stuff, and, like, the big size chess board where you could move the pieces the size of your body. It's like one of those where he's just like, yeah, we got a foosball table <laughs> and a, a foosball <laughs> table and a, oh, we got a, 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 a soda machine. That's free. You just press the button and the soda comes out. He couldn't pull himself away. <laughs> I'm going to play with that foosball table. But when they all got back to the private graveyard, Pee Wee played the look over there game all over again. Ugh. And took down Johnny Knight as well. And the whole time, Walter was standing right next to him. Now, this was breaking the biggest of the wise men's rules. No witnesses. Oh. But Pee-wee actually had a fondness for Walter, being his former power man and all, and didn't really want to kill him. Also, he put those he, also, he put those little reindeer horns on him, like the dog from the Grinch who stole Christmas. Oh. <laughs> So Pee-wee figured he'd give Walter a series of tests. Oh. <laughs> I can only imagine what Pee-wee's version of a series of tests would look like. First, he asked him to help dig the grave. Okay. You know holes, Walter. Yeah. yeah. You know how holes work? Yep. 
Make me up a hole. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. If you just uh-huh. make a pile of dirt, that's a pile, not a hole. All and right. I'm going to have to get you. And All that's right. your final truth. Okay. <laughs> you see, a hole is the opposite of a pile. Ah. Uh, can I take these reindeer uh, horns off here? You're the biggest child I've ever met. <laughs> oh, man, this is fun. And after the hole was dug, Pee Wee gave him a harder test. And if Walter passed that, great. If he didn't, the hole was already dug. What was the harder test? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> Pee-wee shined his light over to a freshly dug patch of dirt and told Walter that's where he'd buried Avery Howard as well as his ex-wife, oh. Diane Neely, who also was the mother of Walter's children. Oh, my goodness. He then told Walter the whole story about Yates and the blackmail and all that stuff and then asked Walter if he thought he'd done the right thing. Honestly, this is like the fucking... This is like Philip K. Dick. This is like Blade Runner... Test like he's gonna tell him this whole story and how I killed your ex-wife and it did all this shit and then he's gonna be like did I did I do the right thing this is a mental game for Walter to yeah. figure mm. out what's the right answer here because you're about to get murdered by the scariest man that you've ever seen that you've blown right for years sure. yeah well I think he probably wants to go back to digging that hole <laughs> because that's easier in a lot of ways and this was Walter's reaction according. To final truth. Now he said yes. He thought I had done right. That they really hadn't given me no choice. And he was glad Avery was dead for stealing Diane away from him. Like he was glad Dennis was dead. But he felt a little sad about Johnny because he was a good kid. And he couldn't help but feel sad about Diane because he had loved her and they had all been married and all the kids and all. But now that was all over and done with. So he wasn't going to cry. It's like if the Big Lebowski was um, narrated by a lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) We we missed when Donnie died. Walter just went, hmm. I honestly think this is the dead's honest truth. I think this is literally exactly how Walter (laughs) reacted. Just inquisitively. Yeah, I mean, he had a very low IQ, but really Walter was just a very stupid, very violent criminal. I mean, that, right. that really, that cannot be understated that like Walter was not a good guy that had just been like taken advantage of or anything oh, like yeah. that. Like Walter was, Walter Neely was a terrible, terrible person. All the people we're talking about here. Yeah. He viewed all of this as like business moves. Yeah. Almost. So this is mm. what guys do when you're in the car stripping business, you kill people. And sometimes your wife's one of those people that get killed. But yeah, it's well. also like Robert Picton. We showed how like just the right amount of stupid mixed with just the right amount of malice makes you a serial killer. Yeah. If he was just like four IQ points higher, he would just be selling Herbalife, you know. <laughs> yes. But he's just just dumb enough to think he'd this be is working a- at Infowars. Oh, possibly. <laughs> so at so at the end of the night, after all the work was done, Walter and Pee Wee sat up all night long and talked. Oh, <laughs> that's, like, that's fun when you do that with friends. Walter, it's just so nice to just be able to sit and hang out with you. You blow me a couple of times just like back in the day. What? I thought that time was over. No, unfortunately, Walter, it's not. And as we both know, as my wife told me, we know my cum tastes like lava mixed with shit. Oh, And my. you're just going to have to enjoy it. All right. It follows. Well, Pee-wee, just like Robert Picton, just couldn't help but confess to all 
13 of his murders, in addition hmm. to telling Walter where all the bodies were buried. But predictably, hmm. Pee Wee didn't mention a single word about the Coastals and what he told Walter, Walter from what Walter could remember matched up better with the evidence police were able to gather. Do we know if Walter is a sheepdog? <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> I tell you what, my Roomba won't tell anybody my secrets. Robot overlords. <laughs> Starting cleaning our floors, and then they're going to start cleaning our ceilings. Next is the windows. Next thing, they're sleeping with your wife. <laughs> hey, whatever gets it done. <laughs> well, either way, Johnny Knight and Dennis Billum Bellamy would be the last victims Pee Wee Gaskins would claim as a free man. For less than a month later, police would have a warrant for Pee Wee's arrest. Thanks. Finally. What comes with Pee Wee and Walter for me is that it just seems like he wanted to tell, he loves to brag, and he right. did feel like, because Pee Wee's also fucking stupid. Yeah. So he all he thought that Walter would help him out, and that having somebody else in on all of the super private stuff would help him cover all that stuff up. And he doesn't mm. realize the more you spread that information, the the tighter essentially the noose comes. Right, right. There is something about people trying to wiggle their way out of problems, and they just find themselves wiggling themselves into more problems. That's what I always <laughs> say. I just imagine you wiggling into a big old problem, which made me yeah, feel well. weird. <laughs> just a huge butt is what I saw, and you just go. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a double. Didn't Double Dare have a challenge like that? You had to wiggle out of something. So after police finally searched Pee-wee's trailer in Sumter on suspicion of Kim Galkin's disappearance, they found a few items of her clothing inside. Now, mm. all this proved was that Kim had been there at some point, and since she and Pee-wee's daughter were friends, there was a good amount of reasonable doubt concerning a murder charge or even what? a kidnapping charge. But it was enough for a charge of contributing to the delinquency of a minor which was the best they had. That is, I don't know. That just seems to me like uh, totally horrible police work, yeah. right? Isn't I mean, it's either these, are, these are some of the worst officers we've covered. Well, here. actually, I think this is very good. I think this is actually very good police. How is work this good police work? Because they can arrest him for contributing to the delinquency of a minor and hold him on that charge until they can get evidence for an actual murder charge. Because if they arrest him on mm -hmm. a murder charge and then they can only hold him for twenty four hours, or you know, the entire arrest may all completely fall apart so if they get mm. him for contributing then they can hold him on that until they can find something better uh or until they can press some of their associates uh which is what they ended up doing the police they took mm. a two-pronged approach because nobody really knew where peewee was at this point that's the best part about having multiple lives and then you got all of these places you can go to. Yeah, it just feels like contributing to the delinquency of a minor. They might as well just be like, "You've been found guilty of being a cool uncle." You know, it does. It's it yes. is not the uh, charge that I would think should be levied against this man. But okay, Marcus, you make a good point. It was the best they had. Okay, because you know that since they were, she was the daughter of, uh, or since she was friends with Peewee's daughter, there was a ton of reasonable doubt here. Okay, uh, and so what the cops did is they actually, I think they did a good job here. Is they took a two pronged approach. First, mm -hmm. you stake out Pee-wee's known residence mm. in Sumter. Second, you start pressing Pee-wee's known associates, and they could not have picked a better associate to press than poor, dumb Walter Neely. Oh. I feel like they actually put him in like a in a presser, and they were just like slowly <laughs> squeezing. They just his. showed him one. They showed him like a juicer, and they're like, "Now, Walter, what if you we had one of these twenty feet high? Do you? I'm just saying, what if we did? Well, that would be the biggest presser I've ever seen, right? 
Now, what if we put you inside one of those? You got one of them pressers? No, I'm just saying theoretically, me and the officers. I'd tell you everything I knew, so you might as well just act as if we have one. You guys got one? <laughs> well, that's good police work. I take back everything I said. Now, Walter, he didn't immediately crack under police pressure. In fact, he didn't crack under police pressure at all because, mm. you know, he was a lifelong criminal. Usually makes a person immune to that sort of right. thing. Because Walter, yes, he was dumb, but he was smart enough to keep his mouth shut. If the cops are talking to you, say Nothing. Say nothing. Say absolutely nothing. How many nothing. times did he have to remain completely silent while being made love to by Pee Wee in jail? You learn oh, to keep my. that lip button because Pee Wee doesn't want to hear no man sounds. No. That's the funny. You ever watch that show, The First 48? Yeah. Great detective show. Sometimes those people just sit down and they just start talking. They say everything that's on the top of their head. Yeah. I Keep think. quiet. So. When Pee-wee called up Walter to check the temperature around town, because he knew the heat was getting turned up, things were still in the low to medium range. Oh, <laughs> oh simmer. Yeah, simmer. <laughs> a simmer. He knew they were looking for him, but he also knew they only had the contributing charge. I see. So this is good. This is like broccoli rob. This yeah. is nice. You don't want to overcook. Well, technically, with a broccoli rob, you actually want to bring it up to a boil. You want to quickly blanch them. You want to toss them on ice to stop the cooking. And then you want to saute it on a simmer. Technically, you got to bring it up to a boil first because that's what kills the bitterness. Your robot is currently going through your jewelry. <laughs> and it's going to go sell it to a more wealthier robot. Well, the other smart thing about Walter is that he was also smart enough to know uh, that the police were probably tapping his telephone. Oh. Uh, because, you know, these criminals, like, people are smart in other ways. Some people yes. are smart at being a well, criminal. Sure. Like, remember, like, Gary Ridgway? Gary Ridgway's IQ was, what, 82? Mm. But, hell of a serial killer and... A hell of a truck painter. Wonderful detailer. <laughs> remember that was. Remember that know. was his job. He was a detailer. Know, he d he detailed trucks. But in the context of what you were saying, you were talking about how they could be intelligent and a killer. But he could just paint a yeah. truck. <laughs> that's yeah, a, he that's a huge. That's an intelligent. That's a physical intelligence. Yeah. Is it? It'd yeah. be like, have you okay. ever heard Jimi Hendrix speak? Uh, <laughs> Music's just <laughs> air that you could dance on. All overflowing through every vein in his body. He could communicate through music beautifully. Beautiful. So you're equating Pee Wee Gaskin and Walter to how Jimi Hendrix, what they are to murder it's and an crime. Actually, it's Jimi an, Hendrix it's is to the guitar. It's a, it's a, I it's, actually, I would more compare Gary Ridgway to Jimi Hendrix. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Interesting. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. So Pee-wee figured he'd better get rid of some evidence after he talked to Walter Neely, and he also figured he'd skip town for good, mm. just in case, because police were closing in on him. Right. Pee-wee said he took his whole toolkit from his coastal kills and sunk them in the swamp, which he said is why no evidence of those crimes was ever found, which conveniently mm. makes Pee-wee look smart while also making his coastal claims impossible to verify. Okay. But one thing Pee-wee said he couldn't bear to part with was his beloved toothpick. <laughs> That's that big 11-inch knife that he liked to oh. talk about. Yeah, yeah, that he put in the vagina. Mm. He said he did. He said he did. Well, we don't got to get into that. So I, I was thinking more of uh, one of Uncle Buck's bowling partners. Remember that in Uncle Buck? The guy, was, they called me Pal. Was it Pal or Bud? I can't remember. It was one of those. I, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. He was a good uncle, though. Well, Pee Wee said after throwing everything else in the swamp, he went to downtown Florence, put the knife in an envelope, and mailed it. Oh. Problem is, though, 
He never said where he mailed it, and he never said who he mailed it to. So who knows if this damn knife ever even existed? This A young is- Gordon Ramsay yes, exactly. opens up his mailbox one day, and he sees this knife in there, and he's like, oh, this is a right finer. <laughs> Fucking becomes one of the best celebrity chefs to ever exist. Of all time, with the magical knife he calls toothpick. Now, all we do know is that had Pee-wee not gone to Florence for whatever reason that morning, he may have never been caught. Wow. I honestly think he did go to mail a knife. <laughs> that is, he's just dumb enough to do something like that. As it was, as Pee-wee was getting into a cab that was on its way to the bus station, he was recognized by someone Pee-wee only refers to as, quote-unquote, a businessman. <laughs> Which essentially means a cop dressed up as Mr. Monopoly saying like, the best part about this costume is I look like a businessman. And oh, everyone trusts a businessman. <laughs> Anyone with shoes. Just businessman. Yeah, he's just businessman. Other guy, not up to his knees in swamp muck. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever this businessman was, he called the cops. They caught up to the cab and finally arrested Pee Wee Gaskins. Oh, thank God. I feel like this wow. one is, it's been a long journey to get to this arrest. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah, this has and been as long him, as Robert Picton. They, um, they captured him in a, in a walnut case. <laughs> really? Like literally just like the, yeah, the shell of a walnut they put him inside of it like he was a Terry the Gnome. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) But that arrest was only on the relatively minor charge of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Mm. Pee-wee sat in jail for three weeks waiting it out, and he would have eventually been released and gone on his merry way had Walter Neely not grown a conscience. Uh Uh-oh. Pee-wee said this. Later I was told, he said he started having dreams about me killing Diane, and he started feeling real guilty about being there when I killed Dennis and Johnny and him helping me bury them. It was told to me that Walter got so scared when he was alone in the dark that he started thinking he's seen ghosts. That's crazy. Yeah, also known as the Christmas Kunkle. I just... (laughs) The worst version, the worst, dumbest version of a Christmas carol. I mean, we're like, oh, no, I must change. And then having him trying to give a quarter to an, uh, to an orphan to buy a goose. And the orphan's like, this is not enough money to buy a goose. So after the ghost came, Walter decided to seek a little spiritual guidance. Oh. And therein laid Pee-wee's downfall. Ah. Walter confessed everything to his preacher and the preacher convinced Walter to confess it all again to the cops. Mm. About Walter's confession, Pee-wee said, Sometimes I think I must have grown myself a four-foot dick to be able to bend it around and fuck myself like I'd done when I trusted Walter Neely. That's very good alliteration, Pee-wee. <laughs> Sometimes when he says shit like that, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Honestly, you imagine at a time at Sam's Club, he must have been kind of a blast. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like my yeah. dad was when he was away from home. Right, yeah, but then when he got <laughs> home, he wasn't so much fun. Nah, he was upset. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, Pee-wee had told Walter everything, and so Walter led cops to the private graveyard, eventually, uh, as Walter didn't have exactly what you call a great memory or a solid sense of direction. Right. Pain in the ass. What a fucking <laughs> pain in the ass. This is our witness. Like, them all just being like, oh, good, we've got the fourth Pee-wee Gaskins multiplicity fucking clone. <laughs> 
<laughs> but eventually they found the private graveyard along with the six bodies buried there. Then came Alligator Landing, mm. where Doreen Dempsey and her baby were buried. Mm. And Martha Dix was soon found as well, near the creek where Pee Wee left her. And lastly came Silas Yates and Kim Galkins, who were found across the road from each other near Roper's Crossroads. So they were pretty close in proximity. Uh, I mean, they were pretty much in the same county, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. And the, the six were uh, the six were pretty close to Pee Wee's house. Uh, Roper's Crossroads was very close okay. to where he lived, uh, and the uh, and Alligator Landing was also like just down the road uh, from his trailer because he uh, supposedly the little swamp that you know he drowned. Um, the Doreen Dempsey and her mm. baby, and uh, that was just right down the road from his trailer. Mm. That was a very very close. And uh, so, Roper's Crossroads also had this like it's kind of it's kind of funny if you think about it. And this like one apartment in there. It was this little apartment building and one apartment that had this like kind of like straight lazy dude who's trying to keep his shit together and then he was just kind of like this like hot blonde woman with like big boobies and there was a lot of sexual tension between him and her and then the serious brunette that lived with the three of them. And it's uh-huh. kind of like that saying cuz you know like two like two's what was it two's uh Two's, two's a, a crowd, crowd to and three's, three's company. company. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Huh. Huh. <laughs> now, Pee-wee was easily found guilty. At his trial, Pee-wee himself was the only person the defense had in their pocket to put forth, and he had a logical explanation for everything. So he did take the stand. He took the stand. All right. oh he was the God. only person to take the stand for the defense. I'm surprised he didn't defend himself. <laughs> That's how dumb this guy is. Now, yeah, he had a logical explanation for everything, but was seen at multiple points to check crib notes while he was on the stand. Ah, uh, cheating. Yeah, because, well, he had plenty, of, he had a ton of time to think about an excuse for everything, and right. he had an excuse for everything, but he couldn't remember it all, so he wrote all the excuses down on a piece of paper uh, and pulled them out of his pocket and looked down. Uh, <laughs> uh, they Mr. Gaskins, I'm the judge here. Are, do you have, did you write the answers on your hand? You say write the answers. <laughs> But I had the answers to begin with, so in order for me to then express them to the... I spoke bomb! Damn it! I was just a rock! They yeah. just lied to me when they gave me that smoke bomb. It's not, yeah. And that's the final truth. <laughs> the judge did sentence him to death, okay. but Pee-wee pled guilty to seven of the other murders and exchanged that death sentence for life in prison. Mm. And as far as the other murders went, by the time they came around, we were in that oh-so-brief moment in American history when the death penalty was unconstitutional. Oh. And so Pee-wee was safe for the moment, that hmm. time that's uh, that's why Pee Wee Gaskins was not uh, executed. Why uh, Son of Sam wasn't executed? Mm. Uh, Charles Manson. A lot of these like seventies. Right. Uh, a lot of these seventies guys weren't executed because they were convicted in that time. It was like a two or three year uh, break in the death penalty yeah. nationwide. I am personally against the death penalty. We all are, but I understand that's bad timing. <laughs> For be- if you are against the death penalty, yes. and immediately Manson, Son of Sam. <laughs> Pee-wee Gaskins, he's just like, all right, fine. Now, you might think that that'd be the end of Pee-wee's murder streak, but he still had one more to go. Wow. And this one would finally send Pee-wee to the big boy electric chair. All right. That last victim was named Rudolph Tyner. Rudolph Tyner was convicted for the 1978 murder of an elderly couple named William and Myrtle Moon. 
He killed them with a shotgun over 200 bucks in a convenience store robbery on the South Carolina coast. Mm. Now, Tyner was sentenced to death twice in two different trials. Mm. Uh, there was uh, some malfeasance, malfeasance. You know, they they had to, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. very, very long process okay. to get him to uh, death row. And in 1983, he still had the whole appeals process. So Tyner's mm. uh, time in the chair was far in the future. But even though he was sure to eventually get there, the process wasn't moving quick enough for William and Myrtle Moon's son, Tony Simo. So Tony started asking around the bars in Myrtle Beach, looking for someone who could make it happen. A construction worker he found said he knew a guy who knew a guy, and eventually Tony Simo was put in touch with Pee Wee Gaskins. Man, he's still... So number one, Pee Wee Gaskins is back in jail, which is his safe split, is his safe place. He loves being in jail. That's where he always was best. I imagine he's getting a lot of attention. He's getting a lot of yeah. respect in jail. Um, and now he's still a fucking fixer in jail. Like when he goes to jail, it's right. like he because of all of this shit he's talked about for so long, people view and he still says yes to this shit. So he's in jail when this happens. He's in jail. I mean, he's a, a ma- he's worked his way up to uh, he's like a cell block maintenance man, maintenance chief. Mm. Uh, like he's pretty much a trustee, and he's also got this reputation because now he's got you know before you know he had a bit of a reputation, but now he's going in there. He's got thirteen murders, right? Uh, in addition to everything else. So mm. Pee Wee is, I mean. He is not running the prison, but he's very influential, and he's you know kind of bored. So he's like, he's All right, it. yeah, I'll okay. kill him. And also that you know, Simo offered him money. He's like, yeah, shit, I guess you know I can spend it in the commissary. I can buy shit on the, on the outside and smuggle it in. Sure. So yeah, he says yes. All right. Now killing someone on death row is, to say the least, extremely difficult to pull off. Yes. But Pee Wee found a way. His original plan was to befriend Tyner with free drugs, just weed at first, then move on to quote-unquote mystery drugs that Pee Wee promised Tyner would get him higher than he'd ever been, as Tyner was not a smart man. Now, Tyner, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of an everlasting gobstopper? (laughs) I ain't never heard of it. It's a hard candy that never diminishes in size (laughs) or flavor (laughs) and... uh, you could put it up your your butt, <laughs> and it makes okay. you go crazy. It's great okay. for you. Okay. You, yeah, I got I'll, you on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can put it up your butt. Okay. It's funny to even say it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the mystery drugs were actually just concoctions spiked with oleander or strychnine smuggled into the prison by Simo, but either the drugs were too weak or Tyner was too tough. Oh. Now, what we've got right here is Pee Wee Gaskins himself. We're finally going to hear Pee Wee Gaskins' actual voice. This is him talking to Tony Simo on the phone about the troubles he was having killing Tyner as Pee Wee recorded every uh. single conversation that the two had. We give that son of a bitch all of it but one dose, and all of us are doing is making that son of a bitch sick. We put it in some damn book for him to drink the other night, and he drank, and two more drank, and all it was... Made all three of them sick as hell. There it is. <laughs> I am not the vo- 
too far off. <laughs> no, you're very accurate with I your pee-wee. I am not too far off. He so, talks like an old Southern woman. He does, yes. <laughs> like, his cadence and the way he kind of like, the way he kind of like, yeah. comes down off of every word. Like, he talks like a Southern grandma. Yes, he's no, that problematic wanna... character from Family Guy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's technically between that and Mr. Hanky. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. So after the poison didn't work, Pee Wee came up with what you got to admit is a fairly impressive plan. Actually, this is even people who despise Pee Wee Gaskins are like, actually, this is pretty fucking smart. This is very impressive. Like Nicolas Cage, The Rock, smart. It's getting, it's, it's getting, getting there. there. Yeah, All it's right. it's definitely it's getting, getting there. there. Yeah, and we know that this story, excepting one part, is actually true. Okay. First, Pee-wee used what influence he had in prison from being a cell block's maintenance chief to get a cell next to Tyner's on death row, despite not being on death row himself. That's, That's how influential awesome. Pee-wee was. He was not on death row. He's like, why don't you put me on death row? I'm like, all right. All right, you all right. crazy. All right. Yeah, because it's like an HGTV show that needs to happen. <laughs> it's like fixer upper cell block edition. Now, once Pee-wee got over to death row, he was able to talk to Tyner, but they were still far enough apart where they had to yell to do it because okay. Pee-wee had built up this friendship with him. So Pee-wee made the suggestion that they could rig up a kind of two-way radio system with wires and cups, which Pee-wee volunteered to build. Oh. Pee-wee's plan was to rig the system to explode, killing Tyner. So Jeez. all this time, we have thought that Pee-wee is a porky pig. When in actuality, he is a wily coyote. Yeah, this is sort of like the end of Usual Suspects. All Pee-wee needed was explosives. Now, this clip is him giving Simo more orders over the phone. I come up with something. It can't be no damn making sick on it. I need one electric cap and as much of a stick of damn dynamite as you can get. Okay, well, I'll probably get some plastic explosives. Well, that'd be good. <laughs> I'll have a gordita. I'll have a taco supreme. Mountain Dew. As much that you can get. That's what I'm going to do the rest of it like this. It's going to sound like this, like an old lady. He's great. It's crazy. And this is how we did it. According to Pee Wee, all the parts were delivered in three different shipments to three different inmates. Oh. One inmate got a boombox, which had a length of wire wrapped around the cones of the speakers. The electric screw connectors and plugs were smuggled in cigarette packs. Uh -huh. And finally, the C4 was stuffed in the hollowed-out heels of a pair of boots. Hmm. And here's the only contradiction oh. in this story. We know Pee Wee got the C4. Right. He, at the very least, implied Simo gave it to him. And, of course, Simo was just recorded saying he can get plastic explosives, as C4 is. Right. But Simo said in an interview he did with the Washington Post in 1983, which I would actually recommend looking up. It's a fascinating interview, a fascinating story they did on this whole thing. But he said that he has no idea how Pee Wee got the C4. The only thing he sent him in boots was strychnine. Mm. But no matter who here is telling the truth, it worked. Pee-wee stuffed the cup with the C4, rigged it up with an electrical cord, and gave it to Tyner, telling him that Pee-wee's cup was on the other end. Tyner's instructions were to say, this is Tyner, over to you. 
and then put the cup well, up very to his... innocent at that yes. point. Mrs. Tyner, about to explode. All right. Why do you want me to say that? <laughs> he used to say that and then put the cup up to his ear to get the response from Pee Wee. Of course, this didn't actually work, but Pee Wee was able to hear Tyner through the air ducts. So when Pee Wee heard him say the phrase, this is Tyner, over to you. He waited just long enough to Tyner for Tyner to put the cup over his ear. Pee-wee then plugged the bomb into the wall, setting it off in a deadly explosion so powerful it blew Tyner's fingers across the cell block oh. and killed him instantly. I just feel like he's like Yosemite Sam, just like with the TNT, just exploded <laughs> it in his jail cell, just like covered in soot at the end. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy, though. That's crazy. It's insane. And we know he did that. He pulled this off. He pulled this off from beginning to end. Now, at first, there was no investigation as Tyner had attempted suicide before, and prison officials figured this was just the logical conclusion. He blew his fucking head up. Yeah. That's that's, not a suicide. You hand yourself. That's not normal. With your fucking shoelaces. Well, they thought that he made a radio bomb. That's what what they said. Even though Tyner was another moron. Right, yeah. like he was. Yeah, also, we're not dealing with the brightest bulbs here. No, no. we're not dealing with no. the brightest bulbs. But but they said that you know, P, they said that Tyner, yeah, he killed himself because no one gave a shit about him. Right, of course, he was on death row. Uh, he was a, a horrible criminal. He had killed an elderly couple yeah. with a shotgun for no reason. Like he, what Tyner had done is he had taken the two hundred dollars. He went out of the convenience store, decided fuck it, and went back inside and blew him away. Yeah, I mean, he deserves Whoa. to die, obviously. Yeah, was, of course. Yeah, he was fucking awful. But pretty soon, all the little fish that had to be involved to make this plan happen started making deals. Of because course. Because remember, the, uh, there were three people that had to be involved just in the delivery mm. of uh, just in the delivery of the parts. And it wasn't long before it all came back to Simo, who rightly rolled over on Pee Wee. Simo pled guilty, got a sentence of eight years, and was paroled after two and a half. All right. But Pee Wee was shit out of luck. Uh-huh. So prosecutors have been trying for years to figure out how to fry him, and he just handed them the opportunity. Mm. Prosecuting attorney Richard Harputlian Uh-oh. led the charge, and Pee Wee finally got his date with the electric chair. I just, honestly bet you that he was happy when he finally got the death sentence. I, I think that's think what he, he wanted. I think it's I what he wanted, though, at the same time. I don't I'm think not so at all. It's not that he wanted to die. It's that he liked the idea of being on death row. Hmm. It's a, it's not a very comfortable life, I'll tell you that. See, that's the thing. I, this is why I don't agree at all. Uh, because this is the and this is the biggest reason why I don't believe the coastal kills. Pee Wee loved prison. He talks about it again and again in, in Final Truth. He would have happily worked on his block as a maintenance man for the rest of his life, mm. living on, as he called it, mustaches and muscle ass. <laughs> <laughs> ugh, ugh. Is that a coffee flavor? Is that a new vape that's coming oh. out? Good oh. God. It that sounds is just like a licking the floor of the barbershop. Yankee, Yankee candle. Oh. Oh. God. <laughs> All right, that's... He and, well, anyway. (laughs) And he'd already used bodies as a bargaining chip to get out of the death penalty before. And had he killed as many as he says he did, surely he would have remembered where he stashed one or two at least. But he didn't. 
And he didn't even mention the Coastal Kills to anyone except uh. Wilton Earl and Final Truth and his daughter, Half Pint, who's honestly a little suspect in her storytelling as well. Okay. If you're if you are if your name is Half Pint enough to the point where you refer to yourself as Half Pint, <laughs> which is what his daughter did several times, mm-hmm. as I've seen that I heard her say that. You're not the most reliable witness of all time. I think that's a fun family. Half pint, full pint, quarter pint. That's fun. <laughs> well, I think a half pint enjoys the attention. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she that, didn't that's... get a lot. Yeah. He was a part of six families. She was yeah. one right. of six families that Pee-wee had. So when she got him on Thursdays, she was happy, but that was really it. That's yeah. a big day, yeah. Well, she said, you know, at, at, at one of the documentaries that are uh, online, uh, she said at the very end of it, she's like, yeah, he was horrible and did horrible things, but I still loved him because he He's was my, my daddy. daddy. He's my, my daddy. My daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they ever called the prosecutor Harpooplian? Because I think that would be a fun name. Oh, like, this will make, this will, you know, that's, why he pro- that's probably why he got to become a prosecutor in the first place. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Now, furthermore, when Pee Wee did try to give law enforcement bodies, it was always in the immediate Sumter area. It wasn't out near like Dogville and Ketchup Town and all those weird ass places uh, out and near the coast. Uh, and honestly, I'm in agreement with law enforcement on this one. And they say that Pee Wee took all these guys outside to look for bodies just so he could try to escape. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they said in one yeah. of the documentaries uh, that even like when. They would go out and look for bodies. He'd just kind of wander around a field, and he'd his eyes would constantly be darting around. And every once in a while, like a pickup truck truck would come, yeah. wait for a while, and then drive off. Because maybe trying to pick him up, trying to pick yeah. him up. Because can you imagine say, how adorable had, it would be to watch this little guy try to run away? You could <laughs> stare at him for like five minutes and get like ten feet. Well, the problem is that you have like one. You have the two officers are above six foot. How right. many times have you and I, Kissel, have been in the same room and you oh, have yeah. turned around and just looked over me? Like yeah. You just looked past me. It would be so easy to just miss him. Well, the thing is about Pee Wee, he never gave up trying to escape. Three weeks before his execution, Pee-wee put together a plan to get himself off death row that was decidedly less impressive than the one that got him there in the first place. He just put his arm on his hip and said, I'm a teacup. <laughs> I am not Pee-wee. I am a teacup. Get me out of How this room. How could he possibly ever put a teacup to death? Huh? <laughs> it's the cute. I'm the cutest kind of cup. You can't kill it. Uh, assisted by friends on the outside, Pee-wee arranged to have the daughter of Richard Harpootlian kidnapped. Oh, my. And the daughter would then only be given back in exchange for Pee-wee's freedom. But once Pee-wee's friends realized they were dealing with Richard Harpootlian, district attorney, they informed Harpootlian of the plan, and the whole thing fell apart. Uh. Sometimes being a leader is also about the people you choose to delegate you the work to. Right. You have to get good people. <laughs> Such a ridiculous idea. And so Pee-wee's day of death finally came on September 6th, 1991. And here's what he said in Final Truth, looking forward to that day. On Thursday evening, I'll order my last supper. Probably a pizza, which I don't like, but I don't figure to eat it anyway. But not long after midnight... One of them paramedics will down my pants and put a rubber band around my penis and make me bend over so he can shove cotton wadding up my rectum so I don't offend the witnesses by pissing and shitting all over everything when the switch is thrown. After that, they'll release my body to my daughter, who will have me cremated. I want that done right away 
because I've gotten a lot of letters over the years from Satan worshippers and black magic practicers who want my corpse. Some have even wrote and told me that if I don't leave my body to them legally in my last will and testament, they will find out where I'm buried and dig me up. They say they want my corpse because it'll have special powers of evil on account of all the people I killed. And every year on the anniversary of my execution, they want to hold a black mass in my name to honor my memory and remind the world of who I was. Who doesn't like pizza? <laughs> what the hell? That is not... Why even order it then? Uh, this is my thing, too. It's the same thing with Charles Manson. Why are they so fucking obsessed with what happens to their body? That would be oh, yeah, so I don't cool know. to right. have it be gotten by a bunch of like a black mass people to put it up on a fucking pedestal and shit. Well, was he religious? He- and he didn't final seem to tr- talk about and, Jesus and final, too much. In final truth, I don't think he ever mentioned religion once. And in, right. and in fact, I think he uh, had a bit of a nut against religion because it was a preacher uh, that convinced Walter Neely to talk. Uh, yeah, I think he called it like God bothering and that type of uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And also, I don't know why in that uh, second paragraph, when he makes sure to put a rubber band around my penis and make me bend over and shove cotton wadding up my rectum, <laughs> rectum. being very, being very <laughs> clinical there, and then like in the very next part going, so I don't piss and piss shit and all shit. over the place. <laughs> <laughs> he was very professorial about it. All I know is, is that Wendy's poops are the size of, of cocktail weenies. I can't imagine his poops are that big. <laughs> Wendy the cute dog. Oh my goodness. So it's all done for Pee Wee. Yeah, look at this. Uh, and when the time came, the only people who showed up were Pee Wee's son Donald and Pee Wee's attorney. And when the prison guards asked Pee Wee if he had any last words, Pee Wee just gave a thumbs up to his attorney and said, quote, I'm ready to go. And that's the final truth. That's the final truth. That's the final <laughs> truth. That's literally Dropping final truth. cotton swabs the whole way down. Oh, my. Do they really do that? Do they stuff them up like yes. that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they Brutal. actually do it, but I know that there's something like it. I don't know if maybe back in the day things were more intense, but I think they yeah. do put something up your butt. Now, this was Ooh. 1992. 92? Yeah, 92. And, oh and his, his last words did, were not, and that's the final truth, just that to make incredible. sure. <laughs> no, that would be incredible. He, incredible. Just, he yeah. just said, I'm ready to go, and gave him a thumbs up. Ready and he rock. said he had a smile on his face. He was totally relaxed, just like, yep, I'm good. All right. Yeah. Because I think with Final there Truth, after he had told Final Truth and, you know, and Wilt hmm. Earl had, you know, written the whole thing, because uh, that's the thing is that Pee Wee's only condition for Final Truth was that it not be published right. until after he was dead. Right, right. So I think Pee Wee went to the chair because I think he just had all these like, fantasies in his mind that, you know, Final Truth was going to be a, a million New York Times bestseller. Uh-huh. And everybody in the world was going to read Final Truth and know exactly who he was uh, when, in fact, Final Truth sold very few copies. It didn't do well, yes. huh? Didn't it did do not well. do well. No, 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 no. I think it was because of all the disgusting shit in it. Oh, and the yeah. Way that he said his terms of <laughs> phrases in it that he couldn't, that could not be repeated by most people. Uh, but yeah, he had his, you said here, he got his fucking legacy intact. Right. I'm ready to go. It was his black star. <laughs> he, dro- he dropped it as soon as he right about to die. There it is. Mm-hmm. All right, Pee Wee Gaskins. 
Woo, four parts, intense stuff. Horrible person. Yeah, horrible uh, person. Everyone really in this story. There's not a lot of redeeming characters in this one. Johnny Knight was an innocent. Johnny, Johnny Knight, Knight is who again? Johnny Knight was uh, one, one of his of last two, two victims. So like, oh, okay. like Johnny Knight, uh, like he was a de- he was Dennis Bellamy's half brony. Johnny Knight was only 14. Oh, that's you know horrible. he was just he was just well, going- of course the victims. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm saying the, the know, perpetrators. Oh, the perpetrators were all Obviously. fucking horrific. Like yes. they they were all terrible. And even then, some of the victims. Victims, you know, they were, you know, fucking terrible criminals as well. Sure. You know, it was like the mob, you know, uh, except uh, really stupid and really dirty. Right. The other thing I'd also say about Pee Wee Gaskins is that it's really just the fact that he was a terrible criminal. He was a terrible criminal boss. And it's kind of like when you cut yourself with a dull knife. How the cut is worse <laughs> instead of a sharp knife, where it's yeah. just like something like this. Where you've been he listening f- to a lot of stained. <laughs> I'm on the outside. I'm looking in. Do you remember that I when people had sympathy? <laughs> yes. Uh, there was that whole market of like middle-aged white male sympathy. Yeah. That, which was not a good time for music. By the way, I have gotten a lot of love for my defense of Matchbox 20. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very not, much. Just and, like the ocean on the moon. moon. Yes. I'll never like it. I will never like it. Well, I don't care listening. if that's my controversial stance for, for all time. <laughs> I will never like Matchbox 20. Yeah. That's the thing is that no one's really disagreed with the Star Wars conversation we had at the end. A uh, lot of but, hate. You, about you're getting Matchbox a lot of hate. 20. A lot of hate with for Matchbox 20, yeah. but a lot of love for Matchbox 20. Yeah, you, and you, some you, people what? even saying that we didn't talk up Third Eye Blind enough. Yeah. Jeez. Where, where are we? <laughs> I don't, you're, you're I don't not even know. See, like, I don't know. It's, they what's are, the Third Eye do? That's the one that has the senses. Yeah, I know. And this is the person who has a blind Well, if one. you hadn't been drinking all the water with all the fluoride in it, then your third eye wouldn't be calcified. <laughs> calcified. <laughs> also, um, remember this. So, we're uh, you know, 2017's over. Uh, yep. 2018's just getting revved up. Just um, getting I think going. it's important to remember with the recent UFO disclosure that has come out. Also, Wormwood being timed mysteriously with it coming out on Netflix, which shows a lot of what's happening deep in the black ops uh, of uh, the in the intelligence community. It's stuff that has gone unchecked. There is a secret government that I think uh-huh. technically are the only ones doing things correctly right now, but also at the same time doing bad shit. Because if well, 1% of what the UFO disclosure, the, all of that news talks about is true. Same thing would happen with Wormwood, where it's like the government was actively doing fucked up shit and we let them get away with it. What do you think they're doing now, huh? What do you, you think know, they're Henry, doing now? I watched the video. I defended the video. A naval pilot shot it. But now I don't even want it to be true because <laughs> I just I don't like this. Well, it's fine. You don't. You just don't understand. Your worldview is too small. Do you think but my third eye your... is blind? Perhaps. <laughs> yes. 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 And well, then we... maybe that's a part. You had to listen to that album. Yes, I will. All right. Well, stand back from the edge, my friend. We have episode 300 coming up. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, we just gonna... did 299.75. <laughs> 299.75. There you are people with episodes. intense OCD that I imagine are deeply triggered. They're all right. So we'll be back at it with episode 300. Can't yeah. wait. 2018 will be a fun year, and uh, we'll see what... This year was crazy. We, this... should, do, we should do a whole year in uh, whatever. Yeah, Remembrance. Th- yeah. Th- I mean, thank you. Uh, like, this year was uh, the first year that we really went out on the road. Yep. Uh, uh, we did, I mean, I can't even count how many cities we did this year. I think we but did, did 35. I think that's what we said. I think we did 35 studies this year. Was it really 35? Yeah. Or was yeah, it 30? Yeah. It, 
it, wow. it's just been a, honestly this has been a, it's a it's been a challenging year it's been an overwhelming year there's been a lot going on for a lot of people but i think that in the end it's all for good and i think that it, what what's happening is going to end up uh, helping i think the insanity of 2017 is going to end up helping in 2018 and it's just you guys have been here and supported us this entire year in an incredible yeah. way and it's it, been life changing well i don't want to the robot is tying up jackie in the living room right now henry that's all <laughs> Do whatever it wants as long as the floors are clean. <laughs> <laughs> no, truly, like especially going out and doing all the live shows, oh, it was and, awesome, and meeting uh, all of you. Like it was truly a privilege. Yeah, like, that, absolutely. That's the, that's the best word I can use to describe it. Uh, to have the year that we've had because we wouldn't have had this year uh, without all of you. So that's thank it. you so much. We couldn't thank you guys enough for giving yeah. to our Patreon and allowing all of us to to quit uh, all of our day jobs and yeah. to uh, really be free to make this show and the last podcast network. Uh, the best that it possibly can be and we got a lot planned uh for 2018 so uh thank y'all so much this has been uh it has been a really fantastic year yes we love you and it was awesome meeting everyone and we will meet more people uh this year 2018 mm-hmm. yeah 2018 um all right so we can i'm just going to say this about social media follow us on it yeah yeah follow That's us on if you want to if you and want technically i'm so excited for the solar flare to come again but remember follow us on twitter at henry loves you at marcus parks at ben uh-huh. kissel follow uh-huh. us on instagram at dr Fantasty at Marcus Ooh. Parks and Ben Kissel, the number one. That's and follow it. us on all of the things that make you look at everybody else's life with envy and yours with a hollowness at LP on the left. <laughs> well, I hope the solar flare doesn't come because if it does, then you can't listen to my brand new music show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I finally got a new music show. It's going to be on K Piss. What's FM K Piss. Huh. It's a huh. internet radio station ran out of a storage locker in Bushwick. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's super cool. Yeah, kpiss.fm. My show is called Milk and Peppers. I like it. Yeah. After David Bowie, after of course. Da- after Bowie David Bowie. After Bowie survived in the 70s. But yeah, Milk and wow. Peppers is going to be kpiss.fm uh, every Tuesday from noon to 2. Uh, and it's going to be uh, available on, if you can't listen, then it's going to be available on Mixcloud afterwards. It's going to be a two hour long show. Cool. I'm going to be doing it every Tuesday. That's Milk and Peppers on kpiss.fm. Milk and Peppers on kpiss.fm every Tuesday, 12 to 2. Tune are, in. Are you going to sound like that when you do it? Drive time. It's two for Tuesdays, everybody. Call it. We got Black Dog and Cash Beer coming up next. Uh, getting the let out. Getting the let out. <laughs> They're always getting the <laughs> let out. The Honestly, let out. we need to get the let out of our paint. It's really hurting our children, <laughs> and it's lowering their uh, IQs. Hail yourselves, um, everyone. <laughs> Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Magustalations. And Satan bless us, everyone. Is that like technically? Are you in the holiday spirit? I felt it a little bit. Hmm. And we can uh, actually start this new year with a quote from Aleister Crowley, if you oh. guys would like oh, to. Oh wow! Okay. Yes, please. May the new year bring you courage to break your resolutions early. My own plan is to swear off every kind of virtue so that I triumph even when I fail. Yeah! Yeah! Right. I guess that's kind of lowering the bar there. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.